the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to Wine Women Radio, where we discuss what we're drinking and what's happening in the wine industry. Pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show. Welcome to Wine Women Radio Hour, everyone. I'm Marsha Meek, and we're here with Lisa Adams-Walter today. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Marsha. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. Nice to see you as well. You know, our, our audience doesn't know, but um, in order to coordinate the shows, even though we're doing them on Zoom, we kind of do a social distancing thing and connect briefly with our masks on to kind of do a wine handoff exchange. And then we go our separate ways again. Um, and yesterday it was kind of fun because we were trying to, to divvy up uh, some sparkling wine. And of course it was very celebratory in the process, which was a lot of fun. So <laughs> it was kind of fun to connect that way. Well, it was, it's quite warm in California wine country. And when I opened the bottle, I think a, a loud sound was heard all across Carneros, which is where we <laughs> met. <laughs> Why the cork the across the street, so. Oh, goodness, there we go. The, the, the phones go off as they have want to do from time to time. But yes, that was, that was fun, connecting in Carneros. And uh, at least, as we say in wine country now, the skies were clear. Um, we weren't laden with smoke. There are some uh, small wildfires going in both Napa and Sonoma counties right now, but they are under control, cross fingers, knock wood. Um, and we have had some uh, unusual tropical rainstorms to help dampen that down. So um, that's been an interesting start to it. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're recording now uh, at the late end of August, um, and by the time that the show comes out, we will probably be in the very beginning of September, uh, which is uh, really high season for harvest for us here in Napa and Sonoma. Um, it's actually already underway right now for all of the sparkling producers in Napa and Sonoma. So that would include houses such as Domaine Carneros, Mom, Schramsberg, uh, Gloria Ferrer, uh, to name just a handful um, that get their start early in the season. And that is what we are here to talk about today is sparkling wine of all kinds because we're very excited because Napa is getting its own bubbly house right in downtown Napa. First time ever. So I want to welcome to the show partners Aaron Riley and Allison Barstad from Be Bubbly. Woohoo! Thank you, ladies. Cheers to that. We're going to get our glasses and do a, a virtual toast. Uh, be bubbly. Virtual toast. Napa at 1407 Second Street in Napa uh, is now open for guests, which is absolutely fantastic news. It's also fantastic news because this is a woman-owned business. Woohoo! Yeah, hey. To us, right? Congratulations, yeah. ladies. Thank you. It's exciting to be able to open, especially in a crazy time like this. A crazy time and um, and we like to focus on women-owned businesses and women in the wine business. 
you have both been in the wine business um, for quite some time. And I guess where we should start off is I've heard about Bee Bubbly from Lisa now for probably at least six months to a year with a, it's coming, it's coming. And then of course, COVID shut down everything and that really put a damper on things coming. But now you're here and you're doing social distancing in Bee Bubbly, a wine tasting bar specifically for sparkling wine. Aaron and Allison, you guys can decide who wants to go first. How did Bee Bubbly all come about to be? Well, I want to say first, thank you, Lisa, for being one of our original bubbleheads. That's why she's been talking <laughs> about it for nine plus months is because she joined right away. Um, and thank you to all the bubbleheads that joined before we opened and we were just a hope and a prayer. We've got over 200 members. So um, thank you very much for, for being that with us right off the bat. Fantastic. Um, you know, Bee Bubbly, Bee Bubbly was an idea that came from my daughter getting ready to launch to go to college this year. And I knew I was going to be an empty nester and I wanted to find something that would be fun to do. And I've always wanted to open my own business, but I was focused on um, getting her up and, and grown and on her way. And so I wasn't ready to take it yet. And when this year came around, I thought this is going to be my year. This is going to be the year to do it. And I was like, what do I, what do I enjoy? You know, you want to, that we've learned now that we've got to find our passion and do what makes us happy. And that's the only way we're going to enjoy work. Well, I like to drink bubbles. I don't know about you, but it is one of my pastimes. So, um, and seeing other bubble houses, one in Sacramento, one in Sa and, uh, Sonoma, one in the city, I, I couldn't believe that there wasn't one here. So it was like an automatic niche that I knew I could fill. And then luckily this lovely lady came into my world and her knowledge and background, um, we could, we could shape this and, and build this into what it is today. Yeah, to collaborate and offer something to Napa, which has never been done before, which is the huge bonus, not just for us to be able to produce this for others to enjoy, but for locals. And then obviously that is what we're focusing on. And it's an added bonus for people who are visiting that they get to have this you know, creative entity in downtown Napa to enjoy something other than, you know, Napa's finest um, steel wines, but they're, you know, we, we are becoming more sparkling contemporary and modernized with it, what's, who's making it right now. So I think it's a wave of the future, just like Rosé was six years ago. Everybody's like, oh, you know, let's just make Rosé. I think everyone's gravitating more towards bubbles and it's a higher degree of difficulty. So it's challenging for winemakers as well. I, I would certainly agree that it's more challenging for winemakers and that it's sorely needed. Um, uh, it's kind of amazing that Napa has gone this long without a bubbles tasting room, but uh, it's fantastic that now uh, you have one there. Why don't we talk a little bit about what your offering is to those who are coming into your brick and mortar location um, to kind of give our listeners a complete overview of Bee Bubbly in Napa. Sure. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's a little bit beyond a tasting room, 100%. We will be offering sparklings from around the world, really focusing on opening up the doors um, for local domestic wines from pet knots to sparklings, and then focusing on getting some really beautiful grower champagnes, introducing um, the difference 
between houses and growers. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely important. It is, it's a full circle in France, but I think people miss the mark with these, these labels that are producing, providing, but they're kind of the underdogs per se. And it's an introduction of, you know, not just sparkling wines and champagnes, but introduction to um, just a fun ambiance and vibe. We, yeah, we wanted to create a lounge. I mean, it's really yeah, a lounge. It's, a lounge. it's, yeah. it's you know, def, delicate um, and, and decadent fabrics, a place where you can, once we can come inside, you, um, that you can find your space where you're comfortable, whether you want to be out in the window and see and be seen, you want to be sitting at the bar and just having your own, you know, conversation with us, or you want to book a private booth or, or you know, utilize our private backspace and have something that's a little more intimate for your experience while you're enjoying it here. Uh, but we want to share with you bubbles from around the globe and local bites. We're working right now um, just to get started with um, Chef Morrow across the street at Grace's Table. When you sit down, you can order from our menu and get anything that you'd care to drink on our list, but you can scan his menu and also get a small bite to go with it. Yeah. And merging, really being forward with um, the, the basis of champagne, which there are women behind it. And with it is art and history and this eclectic um, collaboration. So it, it is bubbles focused, but there's fun artistry behind it. I mean, Aaron's ideas merged with great contractors and everybody putting in their, their artistry in it has made this such a beautiful touch. And, and every nook, there's something that is gonna catch you off guard and a wow factor. And I think we've hit the mark on every potential you know, outlet of doing that. It's just not a beautiful room, you know, to come taste in, but it's, it's everything entwined. I was able to stop in there and it is gorgeous. I've been watching over the months. First, it was plywood up against the <laughs> covering the space forever and ever. And I just felt so badly that um, there was such a long wait for it to open. And then little by little pieces were coming together and the wood was coming off and you could see it taking shape. And now it's just stunningly gorgeous inside with really opulent fabrics and real cool lighting and hip art and I you know I because it isn't full yet it was hard to you know imagine what it'll be like there'll be such great energy and such a cool vibe once you really you know once everybody can come inside at the same time but it's still a wonderful place to visit right now so what can people do right now you are open you've just had your soft opening and what are they experiencing when they come to be bubbly? So we have a by the glass and a by the bottle menu right now. And we have four by the glass options that we rotate. And how many bottles do we have on right now? Uh, about, about 35 right now. About 35. Well, that will expand um, immensely as we continue to be able to come inside yeah. and, and host more people. Yeah, um, we, we chose to open softly because we're not quite finished even with the inside completely to the, to the level that we'd like to be. So it was a nice way to just open our doors, welcome our members or someone that's just happens to walk by or find out about it on social media. And we can kind of learn as we go of how we're gonna operate in this environment. The unique thing to open a business that you've not had before by itself, let alone open it in, in a pandemic. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think the experience that people have had since Saturday has been really positive. Cool. 
I'm really glad to hear that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the architecture and the ambiance because um, one of the, the first things that came to mind to me was I remember the old bubble lounge in San Francisco, um, which is now gone. Um, but that was in a historic brick building where they'd taken it, stripped it down to the original 150 year old brick walls. But then that was accompanied by a kind of shabby chic and elegance to it with deep plush uh, sofas and siding and some nods to the architectural style of the 1800s and the tin ceiling and all that. And so I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that and paint the picture a bit for our listeners on what to, what they'll see. Um, there multiple facets. So it's from, you know, more contemporary modern, modern art on the walls, which will constantly be evolving um, season to season or whatever strikes us. Um, hand, handcrafted tables in the private booths that are amazing with the musselet, the constructed, the wire cage, the cork, the cap, all in incorporated in it. Um, the original flooring from old Napa with the stones and, and just all that small artistry together, you know, the bright green oversized um, velvet chairs at the bar that are striking. The TVs look like pieces of art as art is rolling in through you know, every few minutes. Items like that, um, handcrafted bar top, handcrafted, you know, multiple items in here are handcrafted, chosen specifically, and somehow all fused together with, with a show-stopping bathroom, which, <laughs> I mean, if you have a show-stopping bathroom, everybody knows. If you, you have a great bathroom, as Aaron Everybody <laughs> wants to check it out. You have a great bathroom. You're winning. It represents the rest of what you do. Yes. You've got to put thought into it. Yeah. Then we have fiber optic ceiling. You've got to see it. It's beautiful. Okay. Uh, guaranteed I will be there to check this out. So I think it's so exciting. And um, I want to thank you for describing the ambiance that people will be viewing because it's a lot of what makes it fun to try bubbly. And I know that when Lisa said to me, okay, we're doing the show with Aaron and Allison. I was at first simply excited because bubbles are simply happy, you know, sparkling wine and champagne and cava and prosecco. Just elevate your mood, just thinking about them right off the bat. Traditionally, they've been thought of as, you know, a drink that's used for celebrating. And particularly right now, we need to celebrate. Um, it's very difficult for many during the pandemic. And I was really delighted to see a huge diversity on your bubbles menu of price ranges of types of wine. So you have everything from very familiar brands, let's just say Dom Perignon, which is not an inexpensive, but it's a familiar brand to Mom and Roder. Um, so there's a lot of familiarity, but then as Allison was talking about, we, you've got the option to introduce grower champagnes. And that is something that is really rare for a lot of people. 
because most people do not see this on the shelves of their grocery stores or even their local wine shops. They're not always easy for them to secure to bring in. So I thought perhaps that would lead us to a nice introduction to the different sparkling wines, the champagne and the domestic sparkling wine that you're sharing with us today. So where, where would you like to take it from there in terms of what we're tasting and what's on your menus? And I, I just wanna add in, in terms of celebrating, I'm definitely much happier now than I was 10, 15 minutes ago when we started. <laughs> I'll the wines, the champagne and the sparkling wine from this um, from California. So yeah, go tell us about it, ladies. I'm and you know, and you know, quickly, just the story behind Be Bubbly was that I was at a conference and I was going through all of these names. Like, what would I name a Bubbles Bar? I mean, I had some random, crazy ideas out there, and somebody looked at me and said, "What well, sounds like you just want to have fun, and you just want to <laughs> bring joy to people's lives. Why don't you be bubbly?" And I was like. I mean, it just hit me across the head and, it was, and the name was, was found and was born. And that's how we feel about it. It's like, it's a celebration um, of each day, even on the toughest of days, <laughs> at least there's something that we can kind of, you know, make us feel a little bit better when we can bring a smile to someone else's face when they get to enjoy and start to feel bubbly, like, like Lisa. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, let's um, start with the Michel Gaulnet. They are a grower house, or excuse me, grower champagne in France. Um, they've been around a very long time. It's a family name. And the great thing about them is that this is hard to find anywhere in, let alone this whole area. They're very specific. A lot of um, distributors will, you know, they, they pick you, they, they try and place what have you. They're very particular because the people behind it, their label that are, is selling their, their wine have to execute it properly. And this is a, it's gonna be a partnership label. They're amazing people. I mean, they would have probably had us to France already if they could have um, to drink and enjoy and kind of showcase what they've done for, you know, tens of, tens of decades. So it, it's, you can, definitely taste, this is their um, entry-level brute, so you can taste the youth on it, but it also is still very smooth. These are um, coming from various villages that are in the five top um, villages for Champagne in the region, so it's, it's a blend of those, and it's beautiful. It's 100% Chardonnay, so they focus their Chardonnay specific with hand pulls when they do the rosé they we do have on the list is 100% Pinot Noir. Um, they go through it and they're very particular and that's kind of how all grower champagnes are structured. They're very particular of who they want to partnership with, who they're selling to. They only keep I want to say on average about 10% of their growth. Most of their growth is going out to the houses. Your Dom Perignon, your Vaucicot, your all of those labels are getting a majority of their crop production. So they hold back this like small like blood, sweat, and tears. You know, it's it's their 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 ten percent of it. It's their child. Mm -hmm. So they they are very particular about who it goes to. And we're just extremely happy that we've got all these grower champagnes and reaching out to us. I mean, from their distributors that are local here to Instagram, they're, they're like, we want to get there. We don't know how we haven't even imported anything into the U S but it's, it's 
it's a nice feeling to know. And obviously you ladies have tasted it. It's such an easy drink. Are you drinking that currently right now, Lisa? I can tell. I am. I am. <laughs> you know, when I first um, tasted it, it was just like really fresh green apple, mm -hmm. really crisp, um, dry, beautiful, very, very pleasing and refreshing in this heat. Although I would love it on a warm night as well. <laughs> I mean, or a cold night as well. Um, right. yeah, it's really, really nice. How about no. you, Marcel? This is, this is just stunning. It's a really beautiful grower champagne. And again, it's not something you get to have every day. One of the things that I'm sure is going to be fun about Be Bubbly is you get things in inventory, but they don't necessarily stay there forever because as you said, this grower only holds back 10% of their production of, of what they're farming. The rest goes to the big houses that we all know. That means that you get your allotment here in the US and you get a limited amount. And once it's gone, it's gone. And if you're trying to learn in the US and you're not traveling to France, because nobody from here is allowed to do that right now, uh, this is the only way to do it. So. Yeah, it's run by the founder's daughter. So Sophie Gonet runs Michelle Gonet. So we also, again, we're very proud to partner with a woman grower. Right. More, more, and women, more and more women have been uh, taking over daughters frequently, daughters or wives um, of various um, champagne houses, grower houses, and still winery houses in France and Italy and points beyond. So it's just really exciting to have this opportunity to try things. You know, I didn't ask you whether or not um, on your menu in Be Bubbly, if um, you offer flights so people can get like a sampling of three or something. I think both Allison and I want to connect with our guests and find out what their palate is like and what they want to try. So instead of as the traditional way, walking in and finding a flight that has three glasses and you're probably only going to like one, you're going to feel like you have to drink the others. We would rather give you a one ounce pour of something that we think suits your palate. Find out if you like that. If you don't, we'll try you on something else. And then we'll find a glass that you really can enjoy. Granted, maybe on one day a week, we'll do a flights and bites you know, as we get going and we're open to the public inside and we can really kind of structure for that. With limited seating, it's better to, to kind of get to what that person really will enjoy and get them a glass or a bottle of that and let right. them. So if we, if we have to give you a little taste of something, we'd love to yeah. find out what you enjoy. The point is to either expand on maybe something you haven't tried and are looking to try or find you something that's spot on of what you want to drink for now. And again, we'll expand the flights and probably have a specific day for it. And this weekend, we may do a pop-up of a pairing between two vintages. And that's all the bonuses that you'll find on the menu. And you've got to check out weekly or check out our Instagram or these things that, that will draw you to connect, you know, not just our normal daily menu, but some added extras that will be popping on here and there. Wonderful. Very, very exciting to hear about that. Um, your website mentions that you also have a few still wines and beer in the store. Is that true? Yes. So for those, for those who are not bubbles persons, you have alternatives. 
Yeah, so great. Funny thing is, I'd say about three-ish years ago, um, brewmasters started to use uh, champagne yeast in their um, making their beers. So I think I stumbled upon a Brut IPA like two years ago at a restaurant I was working at and wonderful. I, I used to like IPA, but it gets very heavy. But using champagne yeast kind of tames it down. You find these more floral notes, the crisper green apples with the use of champagne yeast. So we'll have a um, brute IPA on draft and we have a brute cider on draft, which is doesn't taste like alcohol, which could be very dangerous. I'm telling you, she poured that for me the other day and I was like, get this away or I'm going to drink yeah. the entire And bottle. it's gluten-free, which is nice for people who are, are looking really? for that gluten-free aspect. So covering that and then really focusing on boutique Napa wineries. There, you know, there's so much wine out there, but we do want to reciprocate to be able to bring in winemakers and, you know, if they want to come in after a hard day's work and just, you know, start with a glass of bubbles and then entertain with a bottle of their own wine or a glass to, to really focus on all the people that are putting in the hard work, similar to that, what we're doing with the grower champagne. We, we do love the larger labels, of course, everybody does, but we kind of want to give an homage to the people that may be producing for the larger labels, as well as making their tiny um, allocations and cases per year. Nice. So that was one of the things I noticed on your list, on your website, is you have a really diverse list um, in your in your offering in your catalog, um, everything from the well known, as we mentioned, um, let's say somebody's uh, you know a Bollinger fan, that's a really well known name. Um, but you've also got some local pet net going on there. You're offering some cava, some prosecco. Uh, I didn't necessarily spot any French ricotta, but if it's not there, I bet it'll be there soon. Um, maybe, maybe we have a, we have a French Accorda as a matter yeah. of fact, we do. We do have a French Accorda, there you go. And Cremons. So, um, it's a pretty wide range of bubbles that are on your list. Um, what, what do you, how do you, how do you determine what people like? Maybe you want to walk us through, like if Lisa and I were coming in as, as brand new customers to your shop, to the tasting room, what would be the questions that you'd ask us to help us determine what we want to taste? Um, I think it starts with um, what your profile, do you like something a little bit more um, acid and crisp forward or do you like it more traditional old school brioche and toast style because that does make a difference and then is it more creamy or, or, or do you want to taste something new? You kind of have to balance and decide what people's personal preference is and if they want to venture out or if they want to stay on their their um, their consistent path. And, and even finding out what still wine they drink. Right. You know, trying to figure out, like I'm a Chard fan, so I tend to go more for the Blanc de Blanc. She prefers the Pinot Noir. Pinot Meunier, yeah. Pinot Meunier, exactly. So, you know, you, when you find out what somebody's drinking, maybe um, traditionally in a still wine, we can go from there as well. But I love that Allison, you know, she really likes to figure out, are you wanting to stay in that boundary or are you here to have some fun and try something new? Right. It's, there's a lot out there. We, I mean, we've tasted through, oh my gosh, I, I don't <laughs> even want to say it might be slight embarrassing, <laughs> but um, 
we tasted through and I've, I've concluded, I've tasted so many wines. I've been in this industry for such a long time and studying wine that there truly is so much more depth to uh, sparkling wines and champagne than people actually realize. You could probably course out sparkling to all, all the way through from your first course, your mousse-bouche, all the way to your dessert, which is unreal that people don't realize that. They think, oh, I, we toast to it, we drink it and, you know, in the beginning, and then we move on to our still wine, which is really not the case because there are sparkling wines out there that are hitting the mark that can be full body. It's a crazy word to use for champagne, but there are full body champagnes out there, which is great. Like I'm like, I would drink, you know, have a steak with this sparkling. So that's kind of the direction we want to point people towards. And there's even with people who know what they like, they may not know that they like a vintage Prosecco. They think that they like a specific, you know, label of champagne, but reality is you can have a vintage Prosecco too and get the same notes in the crossover. So it's, it's the education and people love finding out new things. I mean, the price range goes from entry level all the way up to, you know, a showcase, which is nice. It's, it's inclusive. Everybody's, you know, included and um, it just creates a, a, a hospitable environment. Nice. So many choices. And I, um, I tend to agree with you, Allison, that um, this champagne, this grower champagne, I could have a steak with this. It's, it's really well-rounded. Um, and um, although the acid's there, it's not the primary point on this. Uh, traditionally, I would say it's been harder since, since Napa has never had um, a bubbles house of any kind. It's harder to learn about sparkling wine and it hasn't been as accessible. And this is going to be one of the things that you actually bring to the fore for uh, locals as well as tourists in Napa is what those choices are. So Allison, when you said that, um, do you want something that's more acid and dry or do you want something that's more brioche and bread? It's like, okay, well, some, on some days, I want more of one on some days I want more of the other. The only thing that's usually completely out for me is I don't want anything that's Kool-Aid. I don't want the, I don't want the, the, the dosage to be over the top. Right. <laughs> I, I think there's a huge element of discovery for Be Bubbly, whether you're visiting or whether you're ordering wine from them. And that's, I really give a lot of credit to Aaron and Allison for discovering and bringing these brands to people that they otherwise wouldn't know about. And it's, it's really, it's like a surprise every month. And, and I think in addition, you know, answer what Marsha is saying, but then maybe tell us a little bit about what the options are for people who want to participate with Be Bubbly. So we have several different options. You know, uh, we, we formed the um, website first because we didn't know how long it was going to take to build this space. What we did discover is people don't buy things they don't know. So we've been really excited to get open and have people come in and taste and talk with us. This weekend, we were shocked. We, we bought a uh, pet nat Riesling, a domestic pet nat Riesling. We sold all of it. 
this weekend that we had purchased on Friday. It was gone by, by Monday. What is the likelihood of that? Who would have thought? That would have never sold online, you know, just on a website because we had to get it into people's mouths and they tried it. And it's so beautiful. And it was so decadent. It was so unexpected. So we have the website. We have the experience in-house by the glass, by the bottle. You can also shop to go from inside uh, Be Bubbly. We have bottles to go. And then we have memberships, which I mentioned earlier about Lisa. We have memberships that entitle our members to a complimentary glass every week when they come in, discounts on purchases, um, invites to our special events. We, when you were talking about the full dinner of, of Bubbly, you know, one of our goals when we can open up completely is to be able to sell tickets to private dinners where we do go from course A to course Z, pairing it with sparkling and champagne. And that'll be a lot of fun for everyone. Um, meanwhile, we're gonna be doing some virtual tastings. We can, uh, we just did an Instagram uh, uh, interview with the representatives from the rare Piper Heidsick Champagne, which is, a, uh, we own the last in the world supposedly yeah. is what they told us of the 2002. 2002. So um, we're gonna be offering, that was one of those specials that she's gonna offer this weekend as a surprise is the 2002, 2006 side-by-side -side, uh, pairing that we'll be offering. Wow. And so, no one can do that right now because no one has the bottles except for us, the 2002 at least. So it's a nice, you know, a nice little pocket item to have. And then we have a sushi event this weekend. So we're going to be doing some other fun pop-up experiences for people. We're doing sushi and sparkling partnership with Chef Ed Metcalf of uh, Sushi Motos in Sonoma, who I've known for years. And he's created a bee bubbly bento box and a firecracker roll bento box with all the accoutrements. And then we paired them with different uh, champagnes and sparkling that we thought they would taste good with. And people actually booked seatings. And so that we can kind of control it, you know, for the, for the uh, social distancing. Fabulous. Yeah. You guys have got so many different things going on. I, I, I know that you also listed that, like, you got a French fry Fridays and um, Thursday flights and bites that, that would be things that you could pair. You know, a lot of people have difficulty pairing bubbles with food and they wonder, well, what's the right thing? Because that's very hard for a lot of people. Erin um, and Allison, do you want to give some general tips on what people can uh, use as go-to pairings with the bubbles that they have? Go to salt. I mean, it, when in Rome, salt. Anything salty. Uh, fries, potato chips. Sure, fire, anything with bubbles, carbonation, anything salty. Yeah. Um, and from there, you can escape out. You can always pair items that are close. If it's crisp green apple and apricot, crisp green apple and dried apricot are going to go well with it with an addition of some sort of fat consistency, whether it's brie, a very muted brie cheese, or again, you can circle back around with a truffle chip, truffle fry. Um, it, it's fairly interesting. It, it Honestly, it's very similar to that of pairing with still wines. You are using the same grape varietals, so you always reflect. If you have a, a sparkling Cab Franc, you're 100% able to eat that with something a little more gamey. So it, it's consistent but you can also branch out because again pairing caviar now would you pair caviar with something still 
the default 100% will always be something, obviously champagne, something sparkling. So it almost is like champagne can take over and has very specific pairings with it, with the widespread of still wine specific items. But I think our pairing, we tasted, so it was like two or three tastings and we're like, okay, we, we're not gonna retaste with food once we pick the menu. We're just gonna start throwing food around and little bites. So I, we think we did a really good job at pairing and noting what goes with what while we were tasting and going through and picking bottles Building the menu, right? to be able to show the scope. Like some, some sparklings, they're, they're good, but they're even more with a little bit of something that's gonna complement it. So that's eventually our menu will transition into that but it's, it's important with some bottles that they are very food specific to drink with. Good points. And that takes me to the next point, which is some people go, oh, but the problem with bubbles, and I'm being hypothetical here, the problem with bubbles is what if we don't finish it? Or what if I don't finish it all by myself tonight? There are a number of options to keep your bottle of bubbles available to you for two or three or more days. Um, starting with, you have some merchandise right there available in the tasting room, but Erin, you already gave Lisa some ideas when we were trying to figure out, well, how are we gonna do the bubbles things in different places? on how you keep your bubbles to last if you don't finish the bottle in one night. You wanna talk a little bit about that? Right, so you know the best thing about, I don't know who doesn't finish a bottle, but just for those people, <laughs> um, I suggest you get a split, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> We have, uh, you know, we have we have a beautiful Bee Bubbly Bouchon, by the way, that works on both still wines and sparkling. It is the best topper yeah. you can possibly get, and you can use it on all your bottles. So that's where that would be the default, right? We use a system here when we're going to hold bottles. It's called Perlage. It puts the um, the uh, CO2 in so that it protects the uh, bottle while it's being stored. You want to keep it cold, and the less that you open it in between the longer it's going to last. But the old school, like, you know, thing that I've done that always works, and I honestly can't tell you why, it works. is you put a yeah, spoon in the top of the bottle, and for some reason, chemically, it keeps the, uh, the, your effervescence in there overnight, and you can pour it the next morning, and you would never know that it hadn't been topped off. Yeah, I'm not sure wow. the science behind that, <laughs> but I know in some very high-end restaurants, there was, the next day you find a spoon in a bottle <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, I guess we ran out of Bichons. <laughs> but it's, I mean, that goes to say, I will say, because we drank through so much, I, cleaning out my fridge, I had forgotten a couple bottles that were from half to even one third full. And I pulled the Bouchon off and they poofed right at me. And so the carbonation was still there. It's pretty, if you take care of it well, I'd say you're able to get three full uses out of it with um, pulling the bouchon off and, you know, pouring a glass. And, and that's reasonable, you know, a glass and a half a night. So if you know how you're going to drink it, as long as you're storing correctly, there shouldn't be any issues. But I haven't seen anybody go unfinished. And I've put bottles in for a week or two, only having yeah. opened them once, leaving the bouchon yeah. on it, and it's still 
completely effervescent when I opened it. There you go, folks. You can keep it if you don't finish it for whatever reason that the celebration ends before the bottle does. <laughs> you, you can you can rejuvenate the celebration again quite easily this way. Mario, uh, I, I, I actually was I used one bottle and I used uh, I made champagne simple syrup with it. So I no water, just champagne, and I let the the acid in the champagne will will disintegrate the the granules of sugar. So your simple syrup that you may be using for what have whatever um, you can turn in with this champagne. So that's your worst case scenario option before you go pouring it down the drain. And never throw it out. That's all yeah, abuse. Something can be done with it. <laughs> I love that. Really yummy. And I want to mention on the bebubbly.com website, there's also several recipes for sparkling wine cocktails that you can try. Do you do any of the cocktails in the tasting room as well? We'll be releasing one this weekend. Okay, yes. nice. Yeah, well, and then eventually um, I was I was looking at I think it's the honey dewdrop um, and thinking oh I've got to I got to try this because it's kind of a party trick thing, but it's fun and very elegant um, and cheery which we all need right now. That's a fun thing, but there's also things you know if you're running out you can do um, a French seventy five. Um, am I remembering that right? The name right? It's been a long time since I've had one. Um, we don't have spirits, but you can do a French 75 sans the spirit. Yes. Right. Right. So there are a lot of options there. And that brings us right up to the second wine we're trying. This is a domestic sparkling wine that Aaron sent back with Lisa and I to try. And I've got a bottle of this right here in front of me in the window. Caraccioli, is that the right, is, am I pronouncing it correctly? Yes. But it's local, it, it, isn't it local? Uh, well, it's California local. Yeah. Oh, that's as close as we're gonna get. <laughs> Tell us about this wine. It's got a beautiful label, it's a beautiful bottle and packaging design. And uh, the, the tasting notes are fascinating. So tell us about this wine. That, um, so it, it, though it is uh, Chardonnay heavy, I feel like the tasting behind it is a little bit more Pinot Noir forward. So Santa Lucia Highlands, they're known for their Pinot Noir. Uh, the winemaker who has recently in the past year passed, um, he was the, one of the winemakers for Louis Roeder. So, you have this technique and skill that has been passed down to a, a different degree of difficulty because his, the grapes that he's using are sourced from a different, totally different area and region. So I think it's a wonderful job. I love the tart. It's tart cherry, mm -hmm. tart being cherry, crisp. It is, I feel it's a little bit more full bodied than most um, Brut Rosés. It lacks, 100% lacks any sort of sweetness behind it um easy to drink i mean it's i would consider this close to a porch pounder it's there and then it's gone because it's so crisp and refreshing it's like a, drinking a corona after working in your yard <laughs> yes exactly. yeah. it's really i'd say it's a leans a little bit more on the masculine side but 
the interesting thing is to keep a couple bottles back and see how this ages because I do think with the the cord with acid in it that it will age really nicely as well. The crispness, the crispness of the acidity is very strong but not overwhelming. It it balances really nicely with the fruit here. Lisa, what are you getting? Well, I just wanted to say that the San Lucia Highlands, that whole ABA is one of my favorite on the planet. I mean, we think about Gary's vineyard and Rosella's vineyard and some of the amazing wines, primarily Pinot and Chardonnay that have been coming out of there for so long. I didn't really know that sparkling wine was even made there. I mean, is this rare to have a sparkling coming out of the San Lucia Highlands? I think that this region in itself has been so Pinot Noir heavy and dense that a lot of things slide under the radar when they have a specific varietal that they stick with because Central Coast has, I mean, I'd say they're a little bit heavier in smaller production sparklings than Napa. I, I, I could wholeheartedly say that, which is pretty amazing. But again, they, their you know, weather promotes it almost to say for these undiscovered little nooks versus um, uh, our traditional uh, sparkling here in Napa and Sonoma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really nice. And I like the blend of the Chardonnay and the Pinot Noir. And um, I don't know anything about the winery. Are they making still wines as well? Yeah, they make still as well. Okay, good. This is, this is the fun part of it. I mean, I had never heard of Caraccioli until about four weeks ago, you know, and it's, it's amazing as we keep exploring and people are finding out that we're here, you know, they're, they're, the wineries, as, as Allison mentioned earlier, or their representatives or their distributors or whomever are coming to us and saying, oh my gosh, I never get to put this anywhere. You know, I, I would love to, I'd love to have it represented downtown Napa because our, our list allows that variety, which a restaurant may not have the opportunity to go broad in this category. And can I ask what the price point is around the Caraccioli so our listeners have a sense? So if you're, if you're, um, should we do it as the dine? Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I tripped you up, I, my apologies, because I don't expect you to have your list right in front of you. <laughs> we know it's, it's an $81 bottle here at, at uh, Bebo. And it's a dine enjoy. Enjoy. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous wine. We offer a 25% discount if you're just taking the bottle home. Yeah. And if you're a member, because you do get the extra 10%, if you're taking one of our bottles home, you're getting 35%. 35. Okay. So there you go, folks. You get the sense of the whole range. Membership has its privileges. Yes. Very important point. Be a bubblehead. Yeah. <laughs> Come join the tribe. Well, I, you know, I was trying to think what would I pair with this, and I a whole rafter of things came to mind. Everything from, you know, like a simple um, trout and lemon, you know, over it, lemon juice over it, um, to even more complex um, salmon dishes uh and salads so a huge array of possibilities with this the very very beautiful wine so um thank you for sharing it with us because oh, enjoying them this is wonderful this is what we like to see happen is we we like to pick something select it share it with you and then find out that it's brought you happiness right. and joy same and feeling 
<laughs> right. And, and in case our listeners didn't get it and you're further afield from Napa and Sonoma, all you got to do is join their club, join the Bee Bubbly Club, because you offer monthly wines that will go out to club members. Do you want, you want to talk a little bit about the club? Sure. So we have, we have the membership which has all of the benefits that you can enjoy here through your complimentary glass every week, your purchase discounts, the events, et cetera. And then if you wanna to add to that, the bottle of the month club, Allison curates a different bottle from different regions. We try to you know, switch it up as often as possible. Our last bottle was the Michelle Gonet Rosé. That was for July and our August bottle, which we're going to announce um, on Friday is actually Pomeray USA, but it's a two pack. So there's going to be a brute as well as the rosé, which has just come out and nobody has had yet. So right. this, this will be a new, again, exclusive opportunity for somebody to get something here that they can't get anywhere else. Right. Um, but we've had Juarez Hubert, we've had Boulanger, we've had uh, Navarone Cav uh, Cavas, we've had um, Adami Prosecco's, we've... Um, Oh, we had the, uh, we had the uh, grower, um, Doyard. Doyard, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah. one of my favorites, absolute favorites. So we're kind of touching base all around the world and sharing that with each, each person. And the bottle is always valued. And, and if it's not, we do two bottles, always valued at above $50, but their guaranteed price is going to be 50. So last month's bottle was a $75 bottle. Previous month was a $95 bottle, mm -hmm. but those members always get them for 50 Wonderful. Really delicious. So I have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> or well, I have I have all of them. I I had all of them. <laughs> I still have some. Like some of them were so special, like that beautiful tiger bottle that I like. I don't that's know. Right, that's yeah. right. That's right. I forgot the rose of, of for a Valentine's month. Yeah, it was it's an amazing package, like just I'm saying to our listeners, Google it because you won't believe it. It's like in this metal encased, um, like I think it's tiger print, tiger case, yeah. yeah, like case around the bottle, and it's just phenomenal. You look at it, you feel it. Like there's this whole tactile experience. I'm like, I need this for something really special, you know, which is really cool. That's one of the many things I think that is so fabulous and fantastic about sparkling wine is um, the packaging is made to impress it is made to go let's celebrate whether or not that's a, a private celebration or a group celebration um they really put that they're all into their packaging which is always fun for the rest of us who get to enjoy them um aaron and allison before we have to go i want to make sure people know where to find you, and also, of course, what we haven't, whatever we might not have talked about that you want to make sure people know. For instance, the, the site is bebubblynapa.com um, is where you're going to find them. And of course, the address is 1407 2nd Street in Napa. And if you need to call them instead, 707-934-7399 is the phone number. What haven't I mentioned that you want to be sure that our listeners know about Be Bubbly? Go ahead. Oh, Instagram, that's a huge one because that's uh, consistent updates and you'll find all the fun under, you know, under the radar stuff. So that's Be Bubbly Napa, at Be Bubbly Napa. 
um, Facebook too. You can find it, Be Bubbly Napa there, which again, lots of the social media updates um, are cohesive on that. Um, Be Bubbly Napa was, was named specifically because we see this growing around the nation. We would love to see Be Bubbly Austin. Right. Bubbly. Wonderful. Yeah. Talking to us about Bend, Oregon, Be Bubbly Bend, you know, so we, we want to highlight the region or the town that Be Bubbly goes to, and we expect to have them everywhere. We're going we're gonna to build this into a, a scalable, franchisable business and, and help other women um, be able to start their own businesses. If they haven't felt like they were confident enough to take that leap, we can give them a template for that. Um, we're also starting Go Bubbly, which is our Airstream style tap trailer. A bubble trailer that we'll be able to take on the road. So we'll have it uh, available for rent for parties and events and uh, festivals and, and, you know, have it parked outside here and serve out of it on a busy day. So we're trying to, you know, hit all the areas of the way that we can celebrate and be bubbly together with our, with our guests. And have fun. <laughs> and have fun. That's it. Have fun. Be bubbly. Be fun. Well, Erin Riley and Allison Barstead, thank you so much. Partners there at Be Bubbly Napa. Uh, and we didn't, we didn't get to talk at all about Sarah Del Campo, your other partner, but of course, Sarah's focused just on events, which are kind of dormant during COVID right now. So um, again, I just want to thank all of you for sharing the beautiful wine with us. It's absolutely stunning. And your location in downtown Napa. And uh, we want to say cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Come and see us. Yeah, I, I, I think you're on the, um, maybe not the busiest block in Napa, but the hippest block. That block of Second Street is really on the rise and it's cool. Yeah, we're, we're the Venice Beach of Napa. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, I, I hope maybe you ladies can come back and join us around the holidays. Oh, yes, tips, some entertaining yeah. tips. Well, we want to cheer in the whole new year and, you know, a, a, a whole new start, as it were, in the new year. So yeah. thank you again, ladies. BeBubblyNapa.com, everybody. And uh, be sure to go visit, check them out. They've got plenty of social distant uh, tables and service for you so you can safely check out their service. And Lisa, thank you for being here today. And for finally, finally, you know, now that they're open, we've finally been able to connect with Erin and Allison, which is just great. And thank you most of all to our listeners for tuning in today with Wine Women Radio Hour. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.